has the responsibility for the education of your children? Is it you? Is it the government? Maybe someone or something else. I want you to know we're going to tackle this issue and more as we travel further every day. Hi, I'm Charlie, and sitting in for John Arthur today, and we're praying for him. He has a uh, He's out of town due to a death in the family, and John Arthur, we want you to know we're uh, praying for you and hoping you're enjoying that time with, uh, with family. But we're going to continue on the, uh, the podcast here, and we've got a new one with us today. We'll introduce him in just a moment, but uh, Miss Nikki is back in the chair of theology. You are such a you're a fixture there. I am fixed. Yes. Yes. This is a safe place for me to be. She does not know what to say. That's right. This is just a safe place for me to be. Dealing with what we believe uh, as it pertains to a theological standpoint. And then to the left of Miss Nikki, we've got Jason and first time on the podcast. Welcome aboard. Thanks for having me aboard. And looking forward to this, we're dealing with the explanation of what we believe, the reasoning uh, behind that. To the left of him, we've got uh, Justin. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, golf clap. Yeah. That won't get confusing at all. No, that no. makes our names no. up. Uh, yeah. yeah. Dealing with the community and the country at large. And then to the left of him, we've got Steve in the chair of politics. Yes, sir. Good, Good to have you. Bet, you man, and uh, be my course politically incorrect, and I'm sporting a new hat today. My Jerusalem hat is on the table out, and uh, but this is the Glory Project yes, hat absolutely. today. Appreciate you supporting that. Takes care of the missionaries in East Asian or the Asian continent over in that area. And, but we're being promulgated by the Pomeroys today. <laughs> I know, it feels like family devotion time. <laughs> you guys are, you guys are being, getting an inside look at family devotions. Pomeroys today. There you go. Yours truly is sitting in the chair of economics today. Uh, today, in particular, with this particular issue, um, we're not going to have a whole lot of economic things to say. Next week, we will, and that kind of takes us uh, into how we're going to do these next couple of podcasts. Um, today is going to be part one, who has the responsibility for the education of your children? And you may not think that this is a really important uh, issue. It is. It is extremely important. We're going to get into that. These guys are going to share with you why it's important. Next week, we're going to deal with fulfilling the responsibility, helping you understand how to go about that. Today, we're going to cover some notable quotes. Uh, we're going to talk about the cultural fight that exists uh, currently, and that fight is getting, uh, dare I say, hotter. The, the, the issues that we're seeing around the country are really starting to show uh, the true problems that, that we're going to have as parents. And then we're going to look at this, obviously, from a biblical standpoint and try to give you some framework uh, about why we we believe uh, what we do and, and, and feel about it. I want to share with you some notable quotes to get us going, uh, three of them in particular. And by the way, Ryan, uh, our producer, I just really appreciate him and all the work that he does. 
uh, does a wonderful job at the board. Thank you so much, Ryan, for what you do. Uh, if you would, go ahead and pull up that first quote, uh, the C.S. Lewis quote. And uh, I, I love C.S. Lewis. He's He's got a, a lot of wisdom. Uh, C.S. Lewis was a former uh, atheist and turned Christian and just an excellent uh, apologist. And so I want to I want to share some of those things. Uh, scroll down a little further on that, uh, Ryan, and you should see. Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and show that if you want. That's fine. Yeah. And so the first quote uh, from C.S. Lewis, the task of the modern educator is not to cut down jungles, but to irrigate deserts. Now think about that for a minute. And I want you to think about that from two perspectives. I want you to think about it from the perspective of children, which is what we're talking about today. Okay, that, that, that is where we're honing in. Uh, when we talk about children, we're talking about children ages uh, 5 to 18, if you will. All right, we could go younger than that. And I, I'm, we, we absolutely could. But the main focus is your 5 to 18-year-old that is going to um, be educated throughout that young life for the future. That's what we're talking about there. And to irrigate deserts. That's something to really ponder there. Malcolm X um, had a very interesting quote. Only a fool would let his enemy teach his children. Only a fool would let his enemy teach his children. Mm, wow. that's, that's powerful. It, it's very profound, isn't it? From a guy like Malcolm X. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm, we're not here to, to endorse or rag on, on Malcolm X, but, you know, a lot of people would not, look at him as having some pretty important things to say and in that respect right there boy. well what you're what you're seeing is that he took his role as a father he had a belief system yep. and i'm these are my kids i'm their father and i'm not going to let somebody who has a different belief system corrupt my children boy, point, point well, well made. made well that's the podcast there's a podcast <laughs> right there exactly <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one more quote here to kind of get us kicked off. Uh, Martin Luther King had this. The function of education is teach to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. Intelligence plus character. That is the goal of true education. Boy, that is, and I'll have to say this, um, I think I, I really relate to that myself, being a, a Bible study teacher. Uh, my my whole thing is I want you to study. I want you. I want to provoke you to think about something and dig deeper on it, um, and and go further with it. And that really is what our education system should be. That that's what what it should be. Uh, I don't think that's really what it is today. Uh, it's it's moved quite a bit, and we're going to talk about that as we move forward. Why this topic? Okay, the fight that exists. So uh, there's a really um, good article that I would encourage you to look up, uh, unitedfamilies.org. Um, who controls parental rights? Who controls the education of your child? There is a, a website. We'll include that in the, in the links uh, for the podcast. So you can take a look at that. I think one of the glaring 
areas, guys, uh, that we're seeing this fight fought. If there was a poster child, if I could dare say that, uh, for America today, it's in Loudoun County, Virginia. Yeah, it, it, it's really uh, sad to see uh, some of the things that are going on there. You've got fights at school board meetings, things like this. This is where parents are fighting back against what is being allowed in their school system and who has rights, who doesn't. By the way, uh, let me just say this before we take a look at a clip uh, in just a moment, Ryan, if you could get that clip ready. You've got judges, and folks, when I say this, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You've got judges that are saying that parents do not have rights with their kids when it comes to their education. That sends a chill up my spine. And for you, and I don't care what age you are, I don't care if you're listening to this podcast today and you're 20 years old and you don't have a child, you ought to think about what Malcolm X said. You ought to think about the implications of somebody having control over what your child is learning. And that's why we're looking at this topic today. We're looking at this from a biblical perspective. We're going to dig that out. But it's important who has control of teaching your children. All right. So, Ryan, if you would, I want to play this clip. It's a minute and a half. I want you to, to really note the, the words on the screen and listen to the words that are being spoken in this clip. Ryan, let's take a look at this. You're when parents are excluded from decisions affecting their child's health and well-being at school, it sends the message to children that their parents' input and authority are no longer important. This created a huge wedge between our daughter and us because it sent the message that she needed to be protected from us not by us. What we don't want is the school district to try to take on the role of being the parent. They're not. I have always told my children my number one job is to protect them and keep them safe. This school took that away from me. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So what what was the situation around her? Her her well, I, I don't want to dig into I don't want to get into that. The, the the issue is clear that states are looking uh, school districts. I'm sorry. And in some states, some states are looking to inhibit your right as a parent to what goes on. If you listen to what she said, listen to what he said, the, the, the gentleman there, uh, we don't want you taking on the role of being the parent. And so I think it's important for us to 
recognize that the issue is not just with educators, but now it's starting to become an issue in the legislators. It's starting to become an issue with state policy and everything. That was the state of Florida. And obviously everybody is pretty aware of some of the controversy uh, there surrounding uh, Governor DeSantis and some of the things that he's done. Uh, I think he's taken a pretty good approach to what he's trying to do. Let me also, before we go any further with that, let me encourage you, be very careful that you say that somebody is, has, is doing something or not doing something based on what somebody else is saying. Check it out for yourself. Can I just be that blunt and clear? Check it out for yourself. Uh, the don't, gay, uh, don't Say Gay Bill is one very clear example. The stuff that you're hearing propagated through the media is not entirely true. And you should be doing your homework and looking up those bills and determining what is stated in them. So um, that's why we're, we're talking about this topic, because there is some stuff at, at play. And I want to go to the chair of culture here. And, and Justin, if you would, why is the issue of responsibility of education for our children so critical to our culture? Because that is our culture. Like, that's the epitome of culture is, you know, what do we as people do, believe, and how do we act? That's what culture is, what we listen to, what we watch. Well, that all starts in education. Um, there is an old, I don't know if it's a Chinese proverb or Confucius or idiotocracies. I don't know. I said it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Idiotocracy. Um, <laughs> but there was uh, somewhere I had read long ago um, that a philosopher had said, you educate the children so you don't have to punish the adult. Mm. Um, and that's huge for our culture. How we educate our children is how our adults are going to act and the culture that is going to take our world into. And so many times we look at our children and go, oh, well, we're fitting them into today's culture. No, you're shaping tomorrow's. And every little step you take takes a bigger leap. I think about a compass, right? So I was in scouts and orienteering, and they always told you, told you get your direction, get your marker, and then find a spot and walk to that spot. Don't try and follow your compass the whole way. Because if you get a little bit off, that little bit isn't that big of a deal one mile, That's right. but a hundred miles, it becomes exponential. now it's exponential. Well, if we take a one mile thing on how we educate our children, our culture drifts a hundred miles by the time they're adults. And so that's why educating at the young age and how we educate is so important for our culture because it is going to shape it and change it. And, I, and, and let me just ask one more quick question as a follow-up. Would we want our education would be controlled by a single group or divested across multiple people. Does that make sense? Well, that depends. Um, if I'm the individual group, I'm fine with controlling it all. Um, but that if you're not giving hmm. me complete control, uh, then I think we need to diversify. I mean, and that's and I say it jokingly, but that's what a lot of people are thinking. Is, you know, they're like, well, I don't want this one, this one group in charge because they don't know what to do, but I do. 
And so they step in to make changes because they know what's best. But you have to take that step back and look and go, did I just do the exact same thing? You know, I think uh, in service today, uh, the preacher talked about a double standard, right? Are we having a double standard with how we want our kids educated? Are we saying, you don't know how to do it, but I know how to educate other children? Mm. Great question there. So, Nikki, from from the theological standpoint, who has the responsibility for educating their children? The parents do. Very, very, very clear. In uh, Deuteronomy 6 through uh, 9, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Now, we're, I know we're talking about the law here. Yeah, yeah we're, we're talking, talking about something spiritual. spiritual. Like, there's, the there's, here. But there is, because these uh, young boys, and it was boys at the time, were they had to memorize whole things of scripture but the the whole gist is um thou shalt teach them diligently unto their children to talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and thou shalt be as frontlets between thine eyes you know what the point he's trying to make is it's also about character too. It, it, how you raise these children up and what you do with them. Children are a heritage of the Lord. Let's remember something. They're yours because God gave them to you. And one day you're going to answer for how you raise these children. And point. so he's saying your whole life should be consumed in raising these children in the moral character in which I have determined is the right way. Which, then that's the Lord determining the right way. And one of the things that we was brought up, character. You know, when our kids were younger um, and teenagers, Jason and CJ, there was um, a group that went around to public schools. Character matters. It was, it was teaching character matters. And character does matter. And that... That's a whole different. Yeah, we could get into a. We could get into a lot of things in that. Just taught us, you know, don't talk to strangers and don't do drugs. (laughs) And 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 it didn't stick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on a podcast talking to strangers. Yes. It's really, uh, it's interesting that you bring that up. Those are some of those things that we, you know, I I get nervous when I, I run into a store. Um, and you know, you might have a dad or a, a mom walking around with a little child and, you know, little child's looking to talk, you know? Um, and so I think about, okay, how much do I interact with this child? You know, it's, it, you, you, it sits there. Yeah. It sits in the back of your mind. I, mean, I work in sure. children's ministry and I have for 15 years. Right. And one thing I used to do when I was younger is I have little eyes that go on your fingers so you can turn your hand into a puppet. And it's great fun. Right. And I used to always carry them with me. So if I was at like McDonald's or something and there was a kid there, put it on, I'd make him drink from the straw. And the kid would have a laugh and a laugh. And then, you know, parents would be like, and the kid would laugh and laugh. Well, my, ooh, I hit the mic. My mentor um, was like, Justin, that's great. However, afterwards, you need to go make sure you introduce yourself to the parent. Because otherwise, that's stranger danger. That's a little weird. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and but it does. And as a parent, 
you know, because I was young, I had no sense of what a parent thinks. And I'm still not a parent, so I don't know fully. But you you wonder who is interacting with my yeah. child, yeah. right? What what are they doing? What are What is this man showing that my kid is not telling me, right? Um, and I don't, don't do it anymore, especially as I've gotten older and more beardy and I'm, you know, stranger danger poster. Uh, <laughs> you just got a weird just trying, yeah. Yeah. Some Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But we do that looking. with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do that with how, who interacts with our child, yep. but are we doing that with who educates our child? Are we taking that yeah. same caution? Right, Miss Nikki's reading verses about it's your job to educate your child. Nobody thinks, you know, oh, it's not my job to protect my child. I mean, in the video, she even said, it's my job to protect my children. And nobody went, actually, it's not. Right. But you need to protect your child in the education, too. Yes. Yeah. I was going to interrupt there. Because uh, you said a statement when she was reading the verse that, um, you know, the Bible was talking about a spiritual thing. But if you really think about it, education is a spiritual thing, right? If you look, listen to, you know, somebody like... Um, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lapin, he talks about, you know, the difference of spirituality in the physical world is spiritual is anything you can't really deduce with your five senses, you know, seeing, hearing, smelling, feeling, tasting. So music, for example, the enjoyment of music, that's not something you can understand with your five senses. That's a spiritual thing that God gives us, right, if that makes sense. So when you're talking about education, education is not something... You cannot hear me, and I can. Yeah, we, I, we just want to make sure we pick it up full because you got some good stuff here. Yeah. So when you're talking about education, education is very spiritual. The first educator in the world was God. When God sets man, uh, man in the garden, you know, He gives him two rules, right? Be fruitful and multiply, and don't eat the, fr the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Well. Does that mean that God didn't want man to have knowledge? Hey, don't eat of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. So I don't want you to have knowledge. Well, that's not the case at all. At least not if you really look at it, right? So it also says in Genesis that God would walk through the garden in the evening time. And he, that's where he kind of communed with Adam and Eve. Well, what do you think they're talking about? The weather? Hey, Adam, how was the weather today? <laughs> oh, it was a nice balmy 75 degrees. Sun was out shining, not a cloud in the sky. No, God is teaching man good and evil. And so he gives them the option. You can learn good and evil from me. I can educate you. Or you can figure it out on your own by eating the, the fruit of the knowledge and good and evil. Right? So they chose wrong. Spoiler alert. I was going to say. Well, that's the same battle we're <laughs> I don't have my headphones on, so I didn't want to I would drop the mic that's kind of really attached good. to the table there. So, <laughs> But um, if you look at it, it's the same choice we all have today with you either listen to the Holy Spirit, right, to teach us good and evil, or you figure it out on your own. And what the school system's doing now is teaching kids, hey, go figure it out on your own. Good thoughts. Nikki, if you would, uh, pick out uh, Proverbs 22.6 there. This is another good verse um, that, that really shows the responsibility aspect. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm. Now, there's we could get into a long uh, a, a long discussion on that alone uh, i do want to make thing one thing clear um a, a child may depart from that for a short term but it's very likely that they will come back to it so, well there's other verses that you this it's all talks about training 
And, you know, the verses I also brought out is um, when she was talking earlier that it's our job to protect our children. Mm -hmm. And the school is giving them the impression that it's our job to protect you from your parents, which is a very dangerous, very, very, very dangerous. Um, Exodus is, is very clear. Honor thy father and mother for thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now, this goes back to Malcolm X. If you're t- sending your children to school and the school is telling your children, we have to protect you from your parents. Then what Malcolm X just said was, I just gave the enemy my children to educate. That's what he's talking about. But when we talk about training, it, we also need to bring out fathers, promote not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. So when you're training your child and they leave your belief, is it? some outside resource is it something that you've done that they've got to reconcile in their mind that you know because parents some parents do cause a lot of discouragement with their children they don't handle things correctly steve let me come to you from the aspect of of a political standpoint talking about the the leadership the governing where are the battles these parental rights if you will in education where are they being waged currently where do we see it well Right now, there's basically kind of two places, really. Uh, They're being waged with your school board currently, where uh, parents can go and have to deal with all the school boards on what is being allowed, what's being taught in the classrooms, and then also with the teachers, say like i don't want to say the the board of education uh in the federal board of education with the people that are being appointed by whatever current administration is happening like uh, one that is going with the current one that's in there right now randy wine and we're going to talk about her that is not a good situation no not at all I would I would probably bring it down just a level. I'd bring it more to the state level. Uh, yes, for sure. At the federal level, there is issues, no doubt. By the way, uh, I'll just give full disclosure here. Um, if if it were me and I were a, a a candidate for the White House, I would absolutely abolish the uh, Department of Education. Gone, um, because it is not doing anything uh for our country at the moment um maybe we leave that off of your campaign trail yeah Yeah, well (laughs) i'm not but but here's here's where i want to go to (laughs) i don't think i would but the uh, i but you can tell in in steve's exactly right when you're the the battle is in your board meetings for sure that absolutely is when you have people getting arrested um, for, um, telling the truth. truth. Um, when you've got parents that are being kicked out of board meetings because the board doesn't like what's being said, by the way, if you want to really have some fun and I say that sarcastically, uh, just go ahead and do a little search on YouTube or rumble, uh, looking for board meetings and specifically parents reading from books I'm going to call them porn- pornographical books. If, exactly. So they don't want it being read. 
and they're cutting off mics and they're telling parents to leave. Well, wait a minute. If that's something that's being allowed, why are we cutting parents off from that? Just something to think about there. But my point is this, there's, there's two places where this is really being waged. Your board, your board meetings, and I think Steve's on to the right track here. I would probably say more at the state level, but it's going to eventually make it a hot topic at the federal level. And that's that's where Steve's Well, Charlie, going. I do have uh, the House Republicans have passed a parent bill of rights. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know that's not in law yet, but it has to do with decisions in their children's education, yeah. access to teacher parent meetings, school budget material, curriculum. Um, and it was passed by 213 to 208. What what bothers me is five Republicans defected. That's mind blowing. That that blew my mind. That blew my mind. Yes, I will, I will say, say this though. though um, from the political aspect, I I noted something uh, that oh my good my good senator from Louisiana Kennedy. He actually read. Uh, from one of these quote-unquote uh, pornographical books in a committee meeting. Yeah. And that kind of put a chill on the whole meeting. And I, the one thing I really appreciate about Senator Kennedy, um, he is not afraid of truth. Boy, you are not kidding. And, and he will come right out and tell you like it is. He, he reminds from me from the ground. Amen. Man. And I appreciate that. Jason, so what is the wisdom of parents being responsible for educating their children? Well, um, we can talk about it. I'll talk about it from a father's standpoint here since uh, I'm very involved in my kid's education. The philosophy of a father. Yes, the philosophy of a father here. Damn and by the way, if you guys aren't watching on YouTube or Rumble, you're missing out on my cool sandals <laughs> that you can see out underneath our seats here. So uh, I feel like the Kevin O'Leary of philosophy, because Kevin O'Leary wears those Bermuda shorts with a cool shirt oh, yeah. or a yeah. jacket on his uh, his podcast there. So I am the Kevin O'Leary of podcast. You guys just didn't know it yet. So focus. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you so, sure he was a dad. There yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, fathers and mothers for a minute in the relationship that they have with their kids. If you really look at it, children have a very natural, physical relationship with their mothers, right? The mother carries a child around for nine months. Mother nurses a child for three to six months, depending on, on you know your philosophy on that. But a child's relationship with their father is 100% spiritual. There is no physical connection outside of that moment in time where the father donated some DNA to the process where the father has a physical connection with the child. So that means that a father has to be spiritual in order to have that relationship with their child, right? I keep getting told I'm, I'm too far away from the mic. There you go. We need to get the headsets right on like Bob. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm in the ocean. You know, bobbing back and forth here. Pull your chair closer. So, um, so to even have a relationship with a child, a father has to be spiritually minded. And we talked about education is one of those spiritual aspects of building that relationship. As a matter of fact, if you really look at it, the 
Um, and again, this this is a stat that I got from from or not a stat, but a, a video I had watched as I was I was trying to review for this. But you know, the only way that a child knows who their father is is by the testimony of the mother. And a lot of times, the mother doesn't even know who the father is. So if you think about it. The father has a harder responsibility because he has to be more intent on the spiritual aspect of educating the child. Mothers, get in the comments below. Let him know if uh, <laughs> yeah. fathers are hey, hey, I was going to say, you want to clarify that? It's just sometimes the mother doesn't know. Not many times, but sometimes. In this day and age, it's actually more common than we like to admit that, so yeah. in, in yeah, some circles. The, uh, what? What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But an interesting point there it, it, with regards to the physical aspect, you know, and I think that when we delve into this issue of who's got responsibility for uh, the education of our children, we're seeing from a biblical point, it is absolutely the parents that are, that are but that's designed involved. by God. I it mean, is. who created, who created the whole process of, you know, the mother carrying the child for nine months. And, you know, that's all, all physical, easy to, easy to determine who the mother is because there's witnesses there when the mother gives birth. But God designed it in a way where the father is more of a spiritual influence, you know, very much the way that we, we view God now, right? God is our father. And it's not, um, you know, we have Jesus, right, who's the physical representat representation of God on earth. But most of our 100% of our relationship with God is spiritual. So let me just clarify for, for those of you uh, watching right now, I, I want you to be, I want you to understand something. Today, we're not talking about the how. That, that is not the purpose of this podcast today. The purpose of today is who has the responsibility for the education of their children. You may be watching today um, and listening to this, and you may be going, Doggone it, I can't believe these people are saying that I need to homeschool my kids. You haven't heard the word homeschool come up. Homeschool it has not, it has not, not come, come up. up. We've, we've, not, not, we've not talked about that. What we're talking about today is who has the responsibility. There's a number of different forums or, or formats to educate your children to fulfill that responsibility. That's next week. We're going to talk about that next week, and we're going to give you some pretty solid stats about things that you need to, to think about and consider. And let me also say this, and you're going to hear this next week, homeschooling is not for everyone. Uh, you know, and homeschooling is, is one way amongst a few others, a, a number of other ways to educate your children, you know, private schools, uh, Christian schools, uh, putting them out on the public street, schools. Right. No, no, no. It's a waste. Do you know, we street and, education. That is. And I would like to add to, to Steve's um, chair of politics, parents, and I'm guilty. So I'm guilty of this. You have the power of who you want on your school board, and I think a lot right. of parents just don't realize that these are elected officials. Everybody. They're there to represent the people in that community or that district. So if they're on a board and the majority of the parents do not like what's, what's on there, you have the right to vote them off and vote in people who are on your side and think the way that you think. 
boy, and if there was anything that I think people should hear is is that right there. You can make a difference, Steve. Yeah, and people have to understand one thing, and I don't trying to make people sound like they're idiots, and they're not, is, is that people that get on school boards have a political agenda, period. That's what it's all about. You know, of course, they've probably all had children, but a lot of them are getting older. They've had their children in school. Now they're looking to educate a, the, the further education uh, children and they understand that okay look we educate these kids now we can decide how we want the future generation to be which is what they tell you in communist countries hey and and i think this goes to the heart of what jason was talking about uh, a moment ago where do we want that influence coming from is it is it from the biblical point of view? Is it from a godly point of view? Is it from a worldly point of view? I mean, if if you're looking for worldly, then just look for somebody that's non-Christian. That that will that will push you in that in that direction. Justin, there's there's we we hear this statement. So much has changed in our culture. What is the impetus for that change? Why? What has caused that change in our culture? What would you say? I would say I should have looked at the notes so I could come more prepared for that question because uh, that's a that's a for real question. Um, I think. Uh, let me ask you this. Let me yeah, let me let me do that. <laughs> give you a little little more context here. Fifty to seventy five years ago, did we have? questions about parental rights for the education of our children? Did we have the issues of difficulty with teachers in the classroom? Or were things pretty pretty good? They could be dealt with. Well, I mean, things could be dealt. There was also, I think of the, back when I was just graduated high school or whatever, there was a, a political cartoonist who artunist cartoonist who who uh who had drew drew a, a we have a wordsmith in the building yeah right <laughs> <laughs> having a strong smelling burnt toast um and he drew one that said 50 just, years ago and it was a parent holding up a bad grade going explain this grade to me and then it said now, and it had the parent holding up the bad grade to the teacher saying, explain this grade to me. Mm. And so I think mm. there's a big shift where where part of it was we got too protective of the kids and we started blaming the teachers. And so we pushed on teachers and said, hey, you need to do a better education job. And now teachers are going, okay, you've told me I need to do better. I'm taking control then. If you're going to blame me, then I'm taking That's control. That is the impetus of the change right there. And let me just add I, to that because I, 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 I there's no mute button today. <laughs> For those of you that are watching, there's an inside joke in this group. It's a fun one. Hang on, Nikki. Let me make this one point. Um, what you just said there, Justin, I think is the impetus. Parents have yielded 
their responsibility to somebody else. And that's exactly what I was going to go. If you talk to teachers, which, you know, I have talked to many school teachers and they have a child that's struggling and they will go to the parent and the parent will not do anything, will not see that the child gets their homework done. They're not they're not diligent at all over that child's education. So we have told teachers we're not involved now. And there's a difference between a child whose parent is involved and a child whose parent is not involved. And teachers will tell you that. So if you're absent, then that gives them the right to start making decisions. Yeah, I was going to add something um, going back to the school board discussion. Um, you know, a lot of these people who get elected to these school boards are supposed experts in their field, right? And the thing we're, as a culture, we're told is don't question the experts. I want to make a real oversimplification of an expert. It's just someone who sold their bill of goods better than the next guy. That's an expert, Ooh. right? So if you look at, if you like, go, go hit the hit the button. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I can't drop the mic. So, <laughs> no, they're not an um, so if you think about, if you look at uh, medicine, right? You know, they used to think that by taking two cups that were boiled in water and putting it over your ears would help you with an earache. Those were the experts. Does that work? Because I've had an ear issue for the past month. No. You can try. The experts in 1790 said it would, right? You me with a stick earlier. Well, they used to, the experts used to bleed you. If you were sick, they would yeah. try to bleed you to draw the bad. So all an expert is just someone who's who's done a good job in selling their their bill of goods to the next guy. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. And, and what you said is, is right. I, I would agree with that. But in the same respect, I, I would want a surgeon operating on me and not somebody that was able to sell me. Well, I don't something. think he was said qualified. He just said he wasn't saying that the person wasn't qualified. Well, he just said if that. We're looking, yeah, if we're looking at experts in the educational environment, necessarily yes. a surgeon or a, or a well, but flight, even- a pilot, you know, you want a pilot with so many hours of flying that specific type of plane, right? So we can consider them an expert. But as far as like an educational person, that's something that's not really, again, it's more of a spiritual thing. And, um, you know, they're, they're out there just trying to sell, hey, this is what I think is the best way to do stuff. I think you've drawn a very good contrast there, though. I, I And you might call it oversimplification. But I'll tell you what, I think there's some truth in that as well. You know, so, and you know, if you go back, um, you know, we were talking about what actually is being taught in the school systems. You know, we, we talked about, uh, you know, the, uh, the first two commandments is be fruitful and multiply. So that's God's command about I'm teaching that relate, uh, the relationship between a man and a woman. Right. And then the study of knowledge and good and evil. If you look at the, what they are teaching kids today, it's, Hey, it's not between a man and a woman. You know, the relationship between a man and a woman is, is free and open. So it's totally opposite to that command. Plus this is what you should think about knowledge and good and evil. Yeah. You know, so it's not about the two plus two equals four anymore. This is, Hey, we are choosing the tree of the knowledge and good and evil over what God intended for us to do nice. originally. Do you know, and that's from, that's history. That's, yeah, if you look at, if you dive into, you know, every time God is getting ready to release judgment, it's almost always uh, predicated by everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. In their own eyes. Right. 
No, so everyone's choosing the tree. The, well, the first public school, I read this the other day, the first public school in the United States, um, and it wasn't even the United States at the time, was in 1675. It was Boston Latin School. And they were teaching uh, family, church, culture. That's what they were teaching. It was a Latin school, but you, so, you know, they were, they were dealing with a lot with words and meanings and things like that. And in the last school in the, the 50 states, it was uh, Mississippi that made the requirement that children had to go to school and gave the ages. In some states, it was five, some six, some seven, but Mississippi was the last one that came in on that in the early 1900s. And then, and the reason that was, was because of the opportunity for the children because parents had the right not to send their children to school but is that good for the culture to have uneducated children in the culture so that's a good thing they were thinking along the right terms no we want your child to have an education we want them to read to write to do math so they can function in our culture and build a better bigger healthier culture. So those were good things. And if you go back and you study that, there were times where, where they introduced literacy. Usually math and reading were taught at home and school was teaching something out. And then they added, well, no, let's do this. But if you actually want to do history correctly, it was because they wanted them to read the Bible because they felt reading the Bible built your character. We can't get away from the fact that our, our history is built on biblical principles that's good yep um steve i want to go back to you for just a moment so with this fight in our culture regarding you know the school boards and things like that um i think if people were to watch the news today they would almost come to the conclusion that it's a fight that cannot be won so my question for you twofold number one can it be won number two how how is it won yes it can be won and the way that you win it is number one you've got to pay attention to who you're voting for when you place them on the school board and number two is is you go to the school board meetings you talk to the people you let them know exactly what you think how you feel about what it is that these rules that they're trying to institute and the and how the parents feel about the education that their children are getting and how the parents think about the education system itself you know because Right now, it seems like, you know, the education system is a bad train wreck right now. You look at where it's headed, you know, you've got it to the point to where, like Nikki was saying, where they're not wanting you to uh, let the parents know what's going on. They're trying to keep you from the parent protecting your own children if something happens oh oh wait a second we're the school we're going to protect you from your parents and and just so everyone knows what steve is saying here is happening in the u.s today yes 
there are um, school districts that are saying that you as a parent do not have a right to know if your child is going to be transgendered. That's, I'm, I'm telling you. Wasn't there a law in California even that they either tried to pass or pass? Absolutely. If the parent doesn't affirm yep. that yes. child's decision, then they might they lose parental young. rights. Yep. Yes. Yes. So, guys, this is, it's, it's such a critical, critical issue. For you moms out there, when you have your child, man, mama born, uh, mama bear was not, mama bear was just born too. First child, don't mess with my baby. And you understand what I'm talking about there. I want you to take it a step further. I want you to think about the issue of your child being educated in a way that you don't agree with, whatever that way might be. I might not agree with what you want to teach your child, but who has that right? That's you. So this issue and and just what Justin brought up there, that's in California. If you don't think that's going to attempt to make its way across the nation, Mm You are sadly mistaken. And and think about this. You know, here's a first-time parent. I've just now, a, a, two people, a mother and a dad, they have their first child, and then the state is telling them, these are the only rights that you have to your child. Well, you can only do this as a parent because we have the rights to your child, not you. You cannot do this, 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 this. Only thing you're allowed to do is feed, clothe, and love on your child. Oh, but no. you can only love them in a certain way oh, because, no, 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 no. You're, because you're... If, you do, if you do more than what we say, we're going to put you in jail and arrest you because... If you do it any more than what we say, hey, that's and you not need to right. emphasize that you're paying all the bills. Right. Okay, you might not have the right to make the decision, but you're paying all the bills. Exactly. Well, and that, I mean, that's where we're going. That's where the culture's heading. And it starts in the education. Big right? train wreck. It starts here where we educate these kids. And part of that education is now that you're allowed to not agree with your parents, mm-hmm. right? And you're allowed to not agree with them, but there's a certain age where you start to get to argue and your arguments start to get to hold weight but until then your parents are in a role Mm -hmm. of controlling you and that is biblical they are supposed to raise you and tell you what to do eventually they turn to advisor well as a culture we keep pushing that advisor well you can only advise now when they're in kindergarten Right. Well, what's going to happen is they get older and they start making the rules. They're going to go, man, I felt like my parents were too controlling because I was told that they were too controlling. I'm going to protect these kids from too controlling parents and take more away from parents. Right. We're going to keep grabbing more and every day, further every day. And you know how this (laughs) happens? Keep grabbing more. 
by electing the wrong people into yes. office yes. because you don't realize their political agenda. Well, and by not holding and putting our foot down, I yeah. think that's a big thing. We have the responsibility of if a say, and maybe this is getting into next week's, you know, if somebody say, no, you can't educate your child that way, pull them out. <laughs> And, and I just want to, and I appreciate you holding it right there, because next week is going to be a, a very powerful uh, hour. And, and I want to encourage everybody to, to be looking for that, that episode. But you guys are, are spot on right. Uh, just one more quick thing on, on top of what Steve was saying a moment ago. I think probably one of the areas that Christians really find difficult when it comes to voting is for state board of education or local board of education, county board of education, because we don't know where those people stand. Guys, can I say this? Let me, let me tell you the worst thing that you can do as a voter is just simply show up at the polls. You should be looking at the stance at the, at, at where a person stands on on certain issues, and that includes your board of education candidates. Can, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you a story to nail yep. that point home. Yep. And my dad doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can say this without worry about him attacking me. Um, we were voting once, and we vote as a family because in, in Washington you do absentee voting, so you vote and you mail it in. So we vote as a family so that we can ask questions, right? Well, we got to the insurance commissioner and my dad just filled in the Republican guy, right? Because, you know, he doesn't really care that much. And I'm reading about him and he was a, um, what's the word for the autistic? Uh, they're really good at something just instantly. Um, I can't remember the name, but he was like, oh, I'm really good at this. I pick it up right away. He goes, my goal here is that what I'm going to do when I'm in office is I'm going to go to school for all of this. And I'm going to keep educating. And I'm going to hire people to do the job under me. And so I will probably hire my the person I'm running against to actually do the job while I go to school and get more education. Wow. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and I'm reading that. I'm like, What? So you want the job to go to school and have somebody else do the job for you? And I was like, it's yeah, just dumb. Vote for him. He goes, who's Republican? I'm like, did you read this? He read it and went, how do you change your vote? <laughs> I was like, hmm. so and really, it, it you, you got to read. That's really interesting, Jason. We would have quite the debate if we sat down as a family and went through all the votes. Oh, that, <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> so my mom and dad do not vote the same. Uh, and that was eye-opening the first time we did that. I was like, y'all don't feel the same way. <laughs> and funny enough, it's about school. Most of the oh, yeah. most of the stuff in the education, my mom and dad don't see eye to eye on, and which is it's not surprising. I, I I'm really not surprised by that. From the economic chair, and and I haven't really said much about the economics of this, and I told you that there's not really a lot to say today uh, about this. But let me say this because there is one point I do want to make: the impact to the winner of this debate, and I've got winner in quotes, double quotes, if you will. 
The financial impact is huge. It, it really is. We will talk about that next week, I, I can assure you. But I would encourage you uh, that are listening, uh, just do a little digging about how much money um, floats through, if you will, uh, cycles through the Department of Education. Just take a look at that. And then I would encourage you to do one other thing. I would encourage you to take a look at the amount of money that cycles through your local school district, whatever that might be. I believe you would probably find your jaw on the floor. It's, it, it is mind-numbing, mind-blowing, mind-boggling, the amount of money that cycles through uh, education. So the, the economic impact would be incredible to the winner of, of this debate. I was say, so, Charlie, let me ask you this, uh, speaking from the economics standpoint there, when you say the money flows through the education, is it all going to the schools or are these people who are able to put the books in the library, are they getting chunks of that? No, uh, no. What, what I'm looking at, so here's, here's one, uh, I'm going to give you a taste of next week. How much does your average superintendent earn? Anybody know? In the cities. This is anywhere from three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars. I would I would like to understand and by the way, five percent of income earners in America. Yeah, let me let me tell you folks. And Mr. Charlie see. Mr. Charlie here is not opposed to the capitalist system. I am all for it. Believe me, I am all for it. But what I do want you to understand is that I believe there is waste going on and misuse of money. If you've got an educate if you've got a superintendent who has got a a school system that is turning out grade A students Buddy, give him $500,000 a year and more. And Nikki says just five. I'm I'm okay with more. But that's not what we're turning out. That is not what we are turning out. We are struggling in America to keep up with China when it comes to education. We are struggling to keep up with other countries now, not just China. So... I am not anti-capitalist. I am not anti three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars a year. I am anti that. If you can't turn out great product, and great product is kids that are strongly educated and able to make good decisions in life. Here, here yeah. Here's the thing. How much? Uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm not sure, but I can bet you that the superintendent for HISD makes an enormous amount of money. Absolutely. But they have a horrible school district. Absolutely pathetic. Tell me how you really feel. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, hey, you want me to get politically here. really incorrect? They horrible school district. Mm-hmm. The state took it over. Well, nation, nationally, Think about the it. um... This is the national stat, and it's from the uh, 
see, I had it written down, and I and I deleted my notes somehow. So I had all my I had all my notes you written down. Stuff ready to go. Oh man, that's why I should write it down on paper. But uh, anyways, it's forty percent of graduates out of high school can adequately read and write. So if you think about a passing grade. Yeah. yeah, conservatively is seventy percent. That's a passing grade. Conservative, forty percent can read and write Dang. adequately when they graduate high school. Forty percent. I mean, sixty-five percent wow. can. Let's do this. We're going to go around to each chair here. I want you to give us your most important takeaway for people to think about today, uh, pertaining to this topic of the responsibility for the education of your children. Let's start with theology. Well, I, I, you know, if. If you're a Christian, you need to understand you're going to answer to the Lord for what you've done with his heritage. Children are a heritage of the Lord. Many of you have stood before an altar and you have vowed and committed to raise your children according to the word of God. And you're going to answer for everything that you have done with that child. Chair of philosophy, why is it important for children to be educated for the 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 education of children to be under the responsibility of the parent the reasoning outside of god designed it that way no it's um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna actually talk to your point about the winner of this debate um there's no winner of this debate this debate will go on for the next until christ comes back so our kids will have to deal with it their kids will have to deal with it you know, if you look at even like the uh, the issue of the Tower of Babel, right? You have Nimrod. The Bible said was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And some people misinterpret. They think, oh, he was a mighty hunter and he was under God's rule. But that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about Nimrod was a mighty hunter and people looked to him for provision instead of the Lord. This is right after the flood, right? And if you look at it, what did Nimrod do with that authority? Because people were looking for him for provision. He went and he created an empire, five cities. And a lot of people think that he's the one who actually initiated the Tower of Babel because he created the city of Babel, right? And so the idea of who is better off at protecting your kids is always going to be, is it the government? Is it Nabal or Nimrod, I mean? Is it Nimrod? Is Nimrod the best person to protect your kids? Or is it, you know, God the best person to protect your kids? And I think that's really what you're, and that's going to be the fight from here until Christ returns is who's. Who's better off at teaching your kids? Sure, culture. Um, I mean, just culture is going to tell you they've got this. They're going to tell you, don't worry about it. We've been educating for a very long time. Mm -hmm. We know how to do this. At a 40% pass rate. (laughs) Don't listen to culture. You know, we need to be against culture. We need to be biblical. Don't let culture tell you what to do especially if God is telling you differently. Mr. Steve, yeah, chair of politics. Walk that same path on what you were saying. Politicians are going to tell you, uh, we've got the education system down. we got the people in place that know what they're doing, that know what they're talking about. We've got it all set up. We've got all the financing, everything in place. You need to listen to what we're doing, what we're talking about, the boards of education. We know what needs to be done. We know what books for your kids to read. Yeah, right. Pornography, right, for first graders and kindergartners, right? Yeah, that's perfect. 
And but people need to take care, read what these people want and vote appropriately. And from the chair of economics there, I'll disagree with Jason on uh, there is a winner. It's a matter. Are you going to be on top of this or, or not in, in, um, I think it would be very wise for us, um, as parents, as adults to heed some of the things that have been shared today, uh, because the economic impact is, is big. And I would want you to understand that depending on who wins, um, you could find even more dollars coming out of your pocket. And uh, I'm not saying that the purpose of your life should be to get rich uh, or that you should be loving money like crazy. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that many of us would like to provide for our families and do so in a way that is, um, that is decent. In, in in order so uh definitely something to think about there you know what i want i want to really thank you for joining us today and check us out you uh, make sure you like subscribe follow share uh share this with your friends uh just give them something to think about put in the comments if you think i'm right <laughs> or if you think charlie is right well, and the winner gets a thousand dollars paid no. for by Miss Nikki. No. <laughs> you can follow us on Rumble, YouTube, Apple, Amazon. Check out those platforms. And Jason is right. Leave us a comment. Tell us. Uh, share with us your thoughts. Maybe share a personal testimony or a, a, a statement about what you have experienced in your school district. Uh, we would be glad to uh, hear that. Next week, part two. We're going to talk about who's responsible for the education of your, your children, fulfilling that responsibility. How can you do that? We're going to look at some different statistics uh, surrounding this topic, and I think you'll find some of them to be very eye-opening. But until that time, I want to say thank you again, and have a blessed day. Thank you. Okay. Guys, we put it back on. Put it, man, Jason, <laughs> holy cow, the first timer, the first timer. He fell for it. I want you to take a moment. I want you to describe one of the funniest stories of your educational experience. Funniest stories of your educational experience. Just one. All right. Oh, my goodness. And I was fixing to go over there to you. Steve, are you ready? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Thinking about this, yes. Okay. When I was in high school, I used to take drama classes, believe it or not. Can you imagine? You drama? Well, Never. And uh, I took them for like two or three years in a row. And we used to have where our teacher would give us these ideas on to come up with a skit in class you'd only have like a number of minutes to come up with it wow. and then you would uh have to do it before the class okay. and so and i'd just everybody be sat there working on it and writing down their little skit on what they're going to do and i'd just sit there you're, you're ready, ready to go I'm, no I, I i would just sit there wouldn't worry about it. And uh, she'd be, she'd sit in the back class and she'd go, Steve, 
Are you, you going to work on yours? I'd say, no, ma'am. She'd go, okay, okay. And uh, this was like happening for like a, a few times before she realized what was what was happening. And then I would just get up and ad lib. Whatever came to my mind, I'd just ad lib. Oh, my. And she would sit in the back of the class and grade greatest on our skit and she would just be rolling and laughing and almost <laughs> falling out of her chair when i'd be doing and i would just ad lib stuff and it just and your grades were an a oh yeah the ad libbing man oh yeah justin ever rolling um I had one that he distracted me. <laughs> you, uh, you want me to come back to you? Broke me. Uh, yeah, give me. Yes, because I need thirty seconds to Sir reason Jason. it. I don't know if I have a funny experience. Sure. sure. Oh, that's okay was... because I got one now. Oh, okay, so good. Come back. I have so... ADD, uh, so if I don't do this now, uh, I had a very dark and dreary yeah, education. Oh, yeah, really. really uh, does. There was no laughing in our house. Yeah, oh, okay. Kind of... And and ADHD. <laughs> yeah, we um, did. We we were had we had a little corner. No, no, no. no, no, no. no. Justin's <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> don't, don't put us together. Um, so we had a band teacher. Yep. And this band teacher was uh, he was a great band teacher um but they're not always the most uh mathematical or english driven or because they're focused on on the music and great he had sayings we called him seeism because his name was mr c uh you know like one he'd always go i've seen a lot of bands in my day and you're one of them you know <laughs> ready for a compliment nope you're one of them um but i remember one time we we're sitting there and he was so mad he was guys you need to get it together. 99% of you are doing exactly what I want. The other 2% are far in the way. And we all went, what? 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 <laughs> and he just kept going on this rant. Finally, someone goes, Mr. C, that's 101%. He goes, what was? Oh, <laughs> oh we, my goodness. We had to write it down for him. Oh, for him you guys are so bad. He, he must have been that uh, accountant. You ever hear that joke about the company who's trying to hire a new CEO? And so they brought in, you know, uh, an engineer. They said, all right, we just have one question for you. What is two plus two? The engineer gets his calculator out and does his graphs and everything. He says, two plus two is going to end you up between 3.9 and five, that's two plus two. <laughs> so then they uh, they bring in a uh, a bookkeeper. I'm sorry, they bring in a salesperson. And they said, uh, "What is two plus two? He goes, "I'm glad you asked. Two plus two is one of my favorite numbers. It should be your favorite number too. If you look at all the other numbers out there, two plus two is the easiest to remember. It's four. So thank you very much. So then they bring in an accountant. said, "We have a question for you. What's two plus two? The accountant gets all excited, closes the door, shuts all the windows, comes back, sits down, goes, what do you want it to be? <laughs> I can't think of something. I, I just... Oh, do you I've, got, I've got one. And this this goes back to... Uh, we went to school together. We went to school together. For a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. 
We're high school sweethearts. Yep. Aww. Oh, that was that was the funniest time. In yeah. <laughs> oh, now I understand. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we had uh, Mr. Maxim, who just recently passed away. Um, he was a math teacher. He was tough. He would make you think. He would. He would. <laughs> Erasers. Soft. Um, so he would sit there and ask the question. He'd go, Chuck, what's the answer? And I'd go, uh, yes, uh, no. He'd go, Chuck, those are the two choices. Which one is it? And I would sit there and respond, I, I don't know, I'm trying. And he'd go, Chuck, you are very trying. What is the answer? <laughs> is it from India or something? Oh, no, 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 no. He was, he was just full-fledged tough, and he would get after you. But he was he was good. He he was good, and uh, we'll we'll miss Mr. Maxim. But want to just thank you. I hope you guys have some funny stories about your your educational experiences. Don't be afraid to share one of those. Next week, don't forget to tune in. All right. Yes. It's gonna get you. Bye. Bye.